0: Pope Francis, about a year or two ago, declared that this would be <clears throat> Word of God Sunday. Well, every Sunday is Word of God Sunday in the sense that we have readings from the Bible every Sunday, and in fact, every day of the week if you can go to Mass. <clears throat> but what the Pope is trying to do is draw our attention to something that we uh, take for granted, the Bible, and what an incredible gift it is, what an incredible gift The Word of God is. So, if you're not a Christian, you don't have the Bible. If you're a Muslim, you're a Hindu, you're an atheist, etc. You don't have the Ten Commandments. You don't have somebody, God, telling you not to kill people and not to commit adultery and not to lie and cheat and steal and all of these other kinds of things. We do. And it's in Christianity that we have this concept of forgiveness, turn the other cheek, forgive your neighbor seven times, seventy times, kind of thing. If you're not a Christian, you don't have the Bible, you don't have that. It's all just an eye and an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you don't have the Bible, you don't have this idea that there's complementarity between men and women, because there's no complementarity and in Islam and Hinduism and atheism and all that. It's just simply, well, if one person has more strength than another, then I guess they can lord it over the other. It's amazing what we take for granted as a society that came from the Word of God, that came from the Bible. The whole idea of egalitarianism, equality, comes from the Bible. There was never in the, in the whole of human history with cavemen walking around with clubs and bonking people over the head, this idea of equality, where did that come from? Well that came from the word of God telling us that we're all made in the image and likeness of God, male and female, both made in the image and likeness of God and that we're sons and daughters of God and that we're to treat each other as we would want to be treated and Jesus goes further in John's gospel to say, treat one another as I have treated you Love one another to death. That's all right there in the Bible. And without the Bible, we're just brutes. We're just cavemen is what we are. Without the Bible, there's no Western civilization. There's no civilization. Because we can't hold a society together long enough to build skyscrapers, to develop that technology. Just ask the ancient Aztecs, the Incas, the Carthaginians, the people who built the the Great Chinese Wall in China, the Babylonians who built what they built, all those seven wonders of the world. Where did they all go? They couldn't last because they didn't have the Word of God. We do, and it's all going away from us now as it all crumbles because. Christians have rejected the Word of God. We're embarrassed by it. We read the Word of God and it says that there are great sins that we're living and that we should repent and not live those sins anymore. But we like our sins and we don't even want to call them that anymore. We want to call them by another name. But my point in all of this is how fortunate we are that God would reveal himself in this way. And God reveals himself in three different ways. The first is that God reveals himself in nature. So there's a reason why God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah a few thousand years ago. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the Bible. They did not even have the Ten Commandments. Well, why would God judge them and destroy them for their sins? Because God wrote in our heart, our nature, one man, one woman for life, matrimony. Don't murder, don't cheat, don't steal, all that. That's just written in our heart. Every little child can tell you, a two-year-old can tell you, if their, if their sibling is getting a larger portion of dessert than they are. There's just this inbuilt cyst, this inbuilt little conscience there that wants to make sure that we all get what we want and what fair is. And they were held accountable for not observing the laws of And we will too. But we have more than that. The two other ways in which God reveals himself, well, God reveals himself in nature. We can see who the creator is by what he's created and the order that he's given to us in nature and then how we're supposed to follow that order. Then the other is this word of God, in which beginning with Moses, God begins to literally communicate to the human race Who God is, who we are, what God's will for us is, and how we are to live. The one incredible gift, that's actually in our first reading from Nehemiah, is they discover the law of Moses. So this is after the Babylonian exile, and they get back, and they're kind of rebuilding the walls that had been torn down. Well, to protect the Bible from being lost or plundered or destroyed by the Babylonians as they besieged Jerusalem, the priests hid the Bible into the walls. And then the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, and then hundreds of years later, the Jews came back and were rebuilding it, and in the rebuilding of it, they discovered one of these lost books, and that was our first reading. And they were reading this law to the people, and the people were bowed down to the ground. This is God speaking to us. And the whole festival of booths and how to do the festival of booths which had been lost to the people. God reveals himself through his word, the Bible, sacred scriptures. It's very powerful. Lastly, God reveals himself by becoming man. God literally comes down to earth and becomes a man and then proceeds to reveal himself to us as Jesus Christ. But Jesus is the Word. He's the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Well, the Son is the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that Word is power. I'd say if there's one thing that reading the sacred scriptures does, other than many things, but the takeaway, There's Truth, beauty, and goodness in the Word of God, in the Bible. Truth, beauty, and goodness there. Because it is a reflection of God, and that's who God is. But the takeaway from reading the Bible is power. That as I, or you, read the Bible, we're empowered. We have not only knowledge, but there's something about the Word and its timelessness, because God is eternal and timeless, that infuses power into the beholder into the one who reads. When I was 26, which was now more than half a lifetime ago for me, and I went through this powerful conversion, I was in some moral trouble, and I'd gone to a monastery for a few days. I mean, I don't even know that I was going to Mass, and here I was going to a monastery for a few days, and I was here at this monastery, and I, I, uh, I went to confession to this elderly monk And he just sits there quietly listening to me, and I'm just rattling off like a decade's worth of serious sin. It's all over, and I'm sitting there waiting for his response. You ever thought of being a priest? I was like, what? Did you just hear what I said? Anyway. But my penance was to read the Bible, was to break open the Bible, because I hadn't read the Bible in like forever, and when I did read it, I never understood it or whatever anyway. So I went back to my cell, and I opened up the New Testament, and I just started reading. And the New Testament begins with Matthew's Gospel, and there's a genealogy there. It's going from Adam to Jesus, and a whole bunch of really difficult names that I couldn't pronounce. But as I was reading through the genealogy, most people just kind of go glazed eyes, I think, and like, whatever. But as I read it, I, I just was struck. This is truth. This is truth from the very beginning, from the fall of Adam and Eve. God knew the plan to arrive at Jesus Christ thousands of years later and to pass through these generations of people, Seth and Noah and Abraham and all the rest, to arrive at Jesus. There's a plan here. Well, there's a plan for me, too. There's a big plan. Whether I'm part of it or not, God's going to achieve His His goal, his end, which as you finish reading the New Testament, ends in the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's power here. Power to transform a life. I finish with this word. About a decade ago, I saw a um, documentary on a young man. He was in his 20s. I want to say in his 20s. And he was born with no arms and no legs. So not even stumps, nothing. So all he had was a torso, neck, and head. kind of thing. So, but this was the young man's life, is that every morning at the same time his alarm clock got off, went off, and some kind of a, a caregiver guy came in, and the guy would lift him out of bed and take him to the bathroom and, and get all cleaned up and ready for the day, be fed like a baby, And then he would be sat down in a chair and in front of him was this fold-out where he had his Bible. And he had some pencil-like thing in his mouth where he could turn the pages, sort of thing. And he'd spend hours a day reading the Bible and then then praying and then praying. And then he would tour the world. He would tour the world telling people about Jesus. And I mean, this one scene was he's in Africa somewhere. And there's just hundreds of people, and they trot him out in this little wheelchair-like thing, little like scooter-like thing. And people are just in awe of what they're seeing, this man who's nothing but a torso, a head and a neck. And he tells them about the goodness and the truth and the beauty and the power of God to be found in his word. That man wasn't a Catholic, so he didn't have the sacraments. He didn't have the true presence of Jesus. He didn't have Eucharistic radiation. He didn't have any of those things. But he still had the Word of God. And it transformed him from a bitter, bitter man to a free man, a free man. Freer than some billionaires. A powerful man. More powerful than Biden or Putin. Or G, a a powerful man? Because his power comes from heaven, from God. That was at least a decade ago. I, don't, I know nothing about the man's life. I don't even remember his name. But the word of God changed his life, empowered his life, gave him the truth about who he is and where he's going and what this is all about. And enabled him to take what looked like a bad thing a really bad deck of cards dealt to him to turn it into some great good. We've been given a great gift, the Word of God. And Jesus in Isaiah today is telling these people, I am the one in sacred scripture that you read and hear about. And God the Father will say of Jesus' baptism, this is my beloved son, listen to him. The Word became flesh. The Word created the heavens. Let there be light. Let there be angels. Let there be earth. Let there be Adam and Eve. Let there be you and me. Words are powerful. Read the Bible. There's that Father Mike Schmidt, the Bible in a year, where he just goes through a little bit of the Bible every day for a year. Maybe you just read one page of the New Testament a day. Maybe it's just five minutes a day of Bible reading. But believe me, it's transformative. It's power. Absolute power. When we discover that we're completely powerless, I mean, I'm reminded of that all the time, how powerless I am. But in God, there's infinite power. Share in the power of God. Share in his word. Words are powerful. I love you. I hate you. Words have immense power. Take advantage of the great gift that God has given us in his word. Read a little bit from the Bible. And be set free. And set others free too.